Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A warm hello and good day from Culture and Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Alex Andrade. I'm here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, Dr. Saideh Malakaf Zali is not with us today, unfortunately, uh, but uh, yeah, she's here with us in spirit as always uh, during her absence. And so definitely uh, looking forward to having her back next week. Today, what we thought about talking about, and uh, yeah, definitely it's a worthy topic. I think one that comes up for a lot of people the importance of self-esteem, self-confidence, kind of what that means. Uh, how do we recognize that within ourselves, uh, others, as well as uh, how do we tap into that? How do we tap into that so we can even cultivate and, and encourage that in others too? Uh, so yeah, definitely there are several different things that we can touch on with this topic. Uh, I think it's one that uh, unfortunately nowadays, uh, self-esteem, Self-confidence, uh, it's not always in a high supply nowadays. I think there's sometimes a, a false sense of self-confidence uh, and self-esteem. We're, we're talking about the real thing here. So yeah, uh, Daniel, love to hear your thoughts on just the idea of self-esteem, self-confidence. Uh, what is that? Where is that right now? I'm thinking, you mean like what it, how to define it? Is that your question? Yeah, yeah, let, yeah, we can start there. Let's start there. One's view of oneself, probably having a positive view of oneself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would be self-esteem. And then self-confidence would be having a positive view of your abilities. Yeah. Yeah. How that you can do something. No. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think those are things that we think about them as fixed ways but I, I also tend to think of them as, as kind of temporary and something can happen where our esteem and our confidence can be shaken. Uh, and sometimes uh, something big could happen where it could even be broken in that way. And so I think it is something that we have to continually manage and maintain. And there can be different ways that we go about doing that. Uh, I know you were sharing a moment ago about a, a sport, somebody playing sports and their experience uh, in kind of getting a boost of self-esteem. Do, do you want to share that with listeners, Daniel? I think that's a great example of, uh, you know, how self-esteem can be maybe shaken and even some ways to start to regain that. It was on television this morning on the news. They had one of these like positive clips for Monday, starting off the Monday and it was, they captured some moments between two young, I think it was football players, and one had just lost, completely lost his uh, self-confidence in, mm -hmm. in himself and just didn't feel good about himself at all. And I think he was thinking, he was, they had recorded something he had said earlier, had said, and that was just like, I can't do this. I'm no good at this. I don't even know what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And then they showed another team player coming over and just putting his hands on his shoulders and say, you are a good player. We really need you. You really know what you're doing and you are an insanely good football player. And this team really needs you. And it was like this genuine flowing. I'm not even doing it justice by what I'm saying, but the kid just kept going on and it was so genuine and you could just feel it in your heart when you saw this, like, wow, what an incredibly supportive teammate to do that. Like you could just, you could feel happy as if you were that other kid mm. that somebody really believes in me and not just believes in me, but took the time to come over and intervene. So look at me. You are insanely good. <laughs> It was just great. And my thinking on this is that when somebody 
genuinely shows us such an, a declaration of their faith in us, that really touches us deeply. And, and it's not just this false, hey, you're, no, you're a good player. Mm. Let's get on out here. <laughs> you know, there's, and there's difference. I, I just think, I think a lot of times in, our, in popular culture, the self-esteem ends up being cheapened by, mm. it's just some sort of cheap boosterisms mm-hmm. that people have. But something like that, that was a genuine act of faith. And really, I just have to believe it must have been received in that way. So yeah. just very cool and very touching. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, you know, was that message received? Because I think it can be great to have people in our life who are encouraging and supporting of us. But can we hear that? Because I think a lot of times self-esteem, I mean, it even starts with, uh, you know, the first word of it is self. Sometimes we can struggle with how we see ourselves and our, you know, value and our abilities. And so to hear that message, I think from somebody who we know, somebody who is authentic in that, somebody we trust, that they're mirroring back what they know about us. Because in that moment, uh, you know, it sounds like with that example, that clip, it was maybe specific to something that happened in that moment, that person lost faith in something that maybe probably is a skill of theirs, something that they, they are good at. But it was shaken. It was shaken. And they, they needed help to, to re, regain that, to, to recapture that. I think a lot of times throughout the day, for most people, there are many little challenges, which essentially could be considered like crisis of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And when I say crisis, I don't mean like an overwhelming thing where I would just want to shut it down for the whole day. But there's a lot of things that happen. People may say something which kind of hits us in a certain way. And everybody has these sorts of things. Everybody has these little crises of self-esteem. They happen each day and they happen over time. What we need to do about it, I believe, is we need to make sure we surround ourselves with people who are going to boost us up. We're going to understand us and accompany us on that journey. Yeah. yeah. It's such a critical piece. We often have these little crises of self-esteem, self-confidence. Like I work with a lot of people who have PTSD. This Mm -hmm. is my main thing at this juncture. And in a lot of ways, when we have post-traumatic stress, it is, yes, it is a disorder of emotion in that there's all these rampant emotions coming out. But in some ways, it's a disorder of self-esteem. It's the self-confidence. I've lost confidence. I no longer feel confident that I have the power to do something or that the world will not be hostile against me. That's that hypervigilance and paranoia about the world after something really terrible happens. They just become, I don't have the confidence anymore. I'm not sure if I can do this. Yeah. I like what you said too, as far as those, those little kind of occurrences that happen too. I always think of that phrase death by a thousand cuts. And if, yeah. And if we go throughout our day and and I encourage people to do this, sometimes go throughout your day and reflect on the narrative that you have, and it can be in the smallest things. Uh, Let me give you a personal example. And this may sound ridiculous to people uh, just, you know, in of itself, but think of it in context of death by a thousand cuts. If, if this is the narrative that we're going throughout our day. So one of my pet peeves for myself is when I wrongly, and again, you'll, you'll, you'll hear the language that I'm using towards myself. I wrongly choose uh, avocados. Okay. You, you, you pick an avocado, they're never ripe. And then you're like, okay, I got to time it out now. Okay. This one will be good in about two days. And so it's this little thing where from the point I purchase it to the one or two days for it to ripen, I'm thinking about, okay, when can I use this avocado? When can I leave it out uh, of the refrigerator? When can I put it in the refrigerator? And and maybe I'm doing something wrong. So if listeners know a better way to uh, save the life of my avocados, uh, definitely let me know. But what it comes to is when I open that avocado, I'm always like, okay, I hope it's okay. When it's not, I have this. And again, this happens in the smallest ways. I can't pick avocados right. I, you know, I I always make this mistake. Like I should have known. Why do I even buy them? Uh, You know, it's just like, there's this whole little tiny narrative. And again, it can sound small in and of itself, but imagine that, you, you know, you're telling yourself this 
on you know multiple times a day in these little infractions that we have. And so even something that feels, you know, could sound ridiculous to you as a listener, like what? Like Dr. Andrade doesn't know how to pick avocados? No, not really. I, I try. But, you know, if I, if I let that message sink in too much, it could probably be one of the, the hundreds of thousands of things that happen throughout the day that end up me doubting myself in some way. So if we had that throughout our day, we could end up doubting ourselves. Uh, you know, in these more important and bigger pieces of our life too. So for myself with the avocados, I've kind of gotten a point, you win some, you lose some, I'm going to try, I'm going to give it my best shot. You know what? Hey, when, when, when I do open up one and it's ripe, Hey, that's a win, you know? And you'd be like, Hey, yeah, you, you, you choose your food correctly. How is that a win? I'm like, Hey, for me, it's a win. All right. Don't take it away from me. I need uh, just as much as I can use that, uh, you know, it can take away from me. I'm going to make sure it gives to me, you know? So I do feel like I win when I pick the, the right avocados and when I time them out correctly too. You are a better man than I. I quit, <laughs> I, I quit buying peaches. <laughs> okay. So this isn't just me. I'm not ridiculous for, for sharing that. All right. Thank you, Daniel. And it's not because I don't like peaches. I love peaches. Mm-hmm. My, I feel like my abilities to score good peaches that ripen and taste good instead of being mealy and tasteless. Mm. I don't feel like I don't have good. So I enjoy eating them. I love them. Yeah. But uh, I will say this. Your story is inspirational. And so as I were talking, I was thinking, you know, I should just get in there and keep trying. Mm. I should keep going on that. I, I love avocados. If you love them, if you love peaches, you know, give it a shot. But and again, in of itself, it's just like imagine like that that narrative, that that story that we're telling ourselves throughout the day. That oh, and, and I find we we talk to ourselves harsher than other people would. We, we wouldn't allow sometimes other people to talk to us in the way that we do, such as oh, I'm so stupid, or oh, look, I messed up again, or oh, I'm never going to get this right. Uh, I always give the example of imagine we had somebody, you know, walking just behind us and, you know, narrating those things in that same way. And at some point we'd probably be like, Hey, shut up or leave me alone. Like, what's your problem? Yet we'll do that to ourselves and chip away at our self-esteem and our confidence as well. You know, if some, that's a good point. If somebody were, if they were to start walking behind us and start saying to us all the negative things that we say to ourselves, how long before we would say that's enough mm. and put a stop to it. I don't think it would be very long. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't just say that's doesn't, it's not going to work. Yeah. I think you're, I really like your concept of that death by a thousand cuts and how we need to pay attention. Stuff does accumulate. It's like drops in a bucket, you know, before you know it, that bucket gets pretty full. And if it's, And if these are bad drops of stuff, your bucket gets pretty full of bad stuff. And we just accumulate that. How did you become aware of this? Because, and the reason is not just like some psychology question. How did you become aware Mm -hmm. of it? It's a question of, wow, what a great realization and a recognition. Well, actually, uh, a former guest on the show, uh, my good friend, Joel T. Meyer, uh, actually talks about this idea of the kind of the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. And uh, what I always think of self-worth as is, is kind of the bigger whole. It's that bigger sense of self where the self-esteem is those more short-term or kind of temporary things. But I think the self-esteem feeds into our self-worth. And so if we are constantly, if our self-worth or self-esteem, excuse me, is, conf- is consistently undermined, our sense of worth and value as an individual and as a person starts to decline. And so it's important to recognize, like you said, uh, kind of those infractions, the chaos that happens, they start to chip away at us. They chip away at us. And sometimes the repair or the healing isn't there to, to complement the, the, the hurt and the, the tearing down in that way. And so it's, it's important to recognize that those little things matter. They accumulate, they build up, they start to erode our sense of worth as an individual, as a person. And so it's something that we have to kind of keep an eye on. Even so small is what is it that we're telling ourselves as we go throughout the day? What are those messages that we're giving ourselves? Because if we're talking to ourselves that way constantly, there's going to be an impact. It's going to affect us in some ways. 
to the point where we give up, we stop trying, we even stop believing that those things are possible. If you had a house and you had a hatchet and every time you thought a bad thought about yourself or told yourself something bad, you like would chop into that house. What would your house look like after a while? I mean, not very long. Mm. If you chopped it every time, like took a little chip out of it and chopped in that house. And then we think, then we should think about, okay, I get it. And how much am I, how much time and effort am I spending at fixing that house? In other words, telling ourselves good things or positive things about ourselves. Am I doing more to rebuild or build that house and fortify that house? Or am I doing more to chop that house up or tear it up? I like it. I like it. We're just going to leave it there. We're going to take a quick break, come right back, continue to talk about self-esteem, self-confidence. Uh, I'm Alex Andrade with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saide Malakavsali is not with us today. However, we are culture and psychology. Stay tuned. We'll be back with you in a moment. Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saide Malakavsali is not with us today. However, uh, I think she's probably an expert at the self-esteem, self-confidence. So we're, I think we're definitely missing out in regards to some of the insights that she has. Uh, so definitely something we'll we'll revisit as a group, I think, because uh, yeah, Saide always has such wisdom and insights. And so, uh, yeah, it's Daniel and I are here today talking about self-esteem, self uh confidence. Daniel, you left us with a, a great analogy, great metaphor of, I think, us as a house. What is the damage that we're doing? Most importantly, what are the steps that we're taking to heal in that way? And just looking at the damage that we can sometimes unintentionally do to ourselves. Uh, things happen in life. They impact us. They weigh on us. Sometimes those are big extremes things, as Daniel mentioned, working with individuals with PTSD, but even for every day, uh, even in everyday life, there are things that impact us in a way. So I think everybody can gain from this conversation in some way. You know, how do we kind of bolster, nurture, build our self-esteem and our self-confidence so we're not underdone by the, the infractions, the challenges, the difficulties of everyday life uh, so it doesn't have to tear us down completely? I remember when I was at something that touched me when I was much younger, I was in fifth grade and we always played soccer at recess and I was the goalie. I liked playing goalie. It seemed pretty easy to me and it was kind of fun. And I can remember one recess when I was walking out, I was late to get out there and I thought, ah, oh, they've already started the game and so forth. And when I got there, I was amazed. Like they were waiting on, they were waiting to start the game, waiting for me to get there. And they said, well, we want you to be the goalie here. And I was like, I did not have that faith in myself. I was just so struck by it that now I remember it some 50 years later yeah. as, as a, quite a boost. And the, what it brings up to, for me is a good feeling, but what it brings mm -hmm. up for me is says, we really want to su surround ourselves with a supportive support group people who do believe in us and who really help boost us and to show us who we are, because I think all of our life, we're learning who we really are. 
and what really are what is our value we need to to study and work on that but it also other people reflect that back i think that's something you said a moment ago people re- will reflect that back to us yeah and, and it, it reminds me of the, the example you gave of the football player getting encouragement from his uh, teammate i think we i think it's a big part of self esteem where I, I think it is important to just to clarify I don't think we should always just get that externally. I think it's work that we need to do internally too, but I think a, a supportive, nurturing, encourage, uh, encouraging environment and, and colleagues and friends is so essential in that way. We can't do it alone. We need others. And oftentimes they see things in us that we've either forgotten about or maybe aren't at the forefront, but still live within us in that way. And so to have people who can authentically reflect that back. They can accept us for our challenges, our flaws, while also recognizing there are some inherent things within us in that way. Uh, Recently, uh, uh, I was playing a pool with a friend of mine, Joe, and I was just having one of those off nights. I only played three games for the night, but each game I lost. I was doing all right, wasn't doing so great. Uh, Last game, I performed much more poorly than I typically do to the point where I was pretty annoyed and pretty frustrated. And uh, it was really nice because Joe's seen me played. We've played before against each other uh, on teams against each other as well. And, you know, he mentioned, he was like, Hey, you had an off night, but you know, you're good. And it was, it was as simple as that. He's like, I know you're good. You know, we have off nights. We don't do so well. You know what? We're going to play tomorrow. We're going to do all right. And just that, that, that confidence that there was a continuation within me of that skill of that ability without having it to be present each and every time. And so when we played, uh, actually we ended up playing the next night did better. And I was like, you know what? I didn't have to carry that over. I didn't have to let that seep in to become the message that I'm not a good play pool player anymore, or I'm losing my skills or my abilities The the doubt, the seeds of doubt could be planted by us sometimes. And if we don't have that encouraging and, and supportive environment of, of friends and, and others, it can maybe seep in way more than we, uh, than we realize. Yeah, that reminds me of something. Tell me your thoughts on this. It's the, con, the, con, the continuous view of ourselves in a positive way. There's something there. It's not just a static thing. It's a continuous view that is maybe that's what resilience is. You know, resilient, our view of ourselves is resilient in the sense that it isn't chopped away so easily by one big hit. What, tell me, your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that reminds me. So something I'll sometimes uh, describe to patients, this idea of how we see ourselves versus other. And it's exactly along those lines, the continuous view of self versus the continuous view of others. For ourselves, sometimes there's things that will happen in our life and we'll look at those as markers and we'll go back to those very quickly. We'll say, oh yeah, but when I was you know, 20, look at, I was so stupid, I did that. And oh yeah, you know, last month that happened. Yeah, look at, I'm I'm dumb. I keep doing those things. But for others, what we'll do is we'll say, oh yeah, Daniel, when you were 20, you did this. But hey, you know what, Daniel? You were 20. You're not who you are now. That was a part of you. That's who you were at that time. But you're not that same exact person. You're not in that same exact place. You've grown. You've evolved from there. We see there's there's a more acceptance and separation from those parts of ourself at different points in our life versus this uh, continuation in a, in a negative way of like, look at all the things you've done wrong versus look at all the phases of your life. Look at the challenges you've had and the, and even the allowances that we give to others. We don't do that so easily for ourselves. Instead, we create this narrative of how I always did that or how that always keeps happening to me versus being able to see, you know what? I was a kid. I didn't know better. I learned. I grew. Yeah, that was there. It was a part of my experience, but it doesn't have to define me or shape me or even be used against myself in that way continuously. Yeah. Who was the psychologist that, uh, is it Erickson's stages? And one of those later stages is um, integrity versus despair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And I'm one what you're saying is I'm wondering if this is like also one of those as we get to the end of our lives, that 
a similar review to what you're describing. It re really resonates with me what you mm -hmm. said. Mm -hmm. Do we sustain a negative view of ourselves? Is that our persistent, ongoing, continuous view? Or can we do it? Do we do it in a positive way? Yeah. Yeah. We do have a choice to do it either way. Mm -hmm. But do we do it in that way? And I'm just think beginning to think like mm, maybe that's what people do at the end of the life, and that's how they have this sense of integrity about themselves. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think as we get older, we have more reflection and awareness sometimes uh, in regards to our life, our journey, our experience. A lot of times, we're just trying to get through it. I, I always say, you know, at a young age, you know, when we're twelve, you know, thirteen, fifteen we're not reflecting in this way of how is this going to play out into my future? How does that build on my past? No, we're just kind of, you know, going through life in that way. It's not until we start to get a little bit older that we have that insight. Yet I find at times people will hold themselves for things that happen much earlier in their life. A lot of times where they didn't have the, the choice or the control to affect their life. Yet at the same time, it doesn't stop us from that being something we use against ourselves, And again, something that chips away at our self-esteem, our self-confidence, uh, even our self-worth in that way. So I think condemn. it is important to yeah spread that out a little bit, if you will. Yeah, we condemn ourselves for something and that's, uh, that's it. And that's yep. that. That's done. Yeah. 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 So there's danger in that, I think, too. And, and again, thinking of, you know, how do we... How do we give that permission to others in that way? How do we give that grace to others that, yeah, they've done those things. They've made those mistakes. You, we have those times, even in our daily life, we have those times it doesn't go as well. But you know what? I'm, you know, again, like that idea, continuous view of self, you know, I know I'm, I'm a hard worker. I know that I'm a good person. I know that there is that continuation of those values and those parts of me while, yeah, we have challenges, we have difficulties, we have things that don't go in the way that we hope. You have a good friend who one time he said this and it struck me and stuck with me. He says, you know, I may not be as smart as some of the really smart people, but what I do know is that I can study and I can learn and I can get it. And he knew that by persistent work at it, he could get there. Maybe that's that the tortoise and the hare story. <laughs> you know, some people get there real fast, but hard work, determination, persistence, those things generally pay off. That those are, yeah, those are values. Those are values that he is able to recognize that he holds within him, that he is able to uh, reflect on in that way. Yeah. So maybe then what are one's values? We want to remember our values for, yeah. and that is can help uphold our own self-esteem and self-confidence. What are my values? How do I do things? Exactly. That's something I encourage. Uh, you know, we need to reflect on our values in a way too, that I think it's important to recognize our, our values. They're not things that we a hundred percent have. And I don't think we should necessarily. There's, there's something that we're striving to. And so if we could say like, for example, say work ethic, I'm a hard worker. Okay, we're either, uh, if we were to say we either have it or we don't, we're 100% a hard worker. Well, no, there's times where I'm tired. There's times where I'm lazy. There's times where I don't want to do things. But does that mean I'm 0% hard worker? No, not necessarily. It's something that is important to me and I hold to a high degree. And so it continues even at those times when I'm not enacting that value. So it doesn't have to be I have it or I don't. And I find along those lines, if we can recognize it in that way, then we can give ourselves a little bit of grace when we're struggling or it's not as present. And so, like I said, uh, even with our skills, like I said, I'm a pool player. I consider myself a pretty good pool player. I'm not great, but I'm pretty good. And I'm able to, on my days where I'm not playing so well, I could still say I'm a pretty good pool player. Yeah, I'm not uh, performing as well, but there's it's solidified to some degree. And I think that's what the, our values do for us. They help us in that way. How did you get to that point? And I don't, I'm not trying to get some true confession here on the air, but <laughs> that, that's great. I respect that. And I'm thinking about my thinking about how I play golf. And I don't think I'm quite to the place where you are with how you think about the pool. How did you get to that place? Do you, are you aware of, or do you know how you got there? 
Well, I think for me, it comes up just in that work that I do with patients on values that we are, we embody our values, even though we can waver in those things. And there's continuous growth in trying to strive for those values that we have. Yet the goal is not to 100% achieve them. That's like if we were to say, I want to be 100% honest. It's like, okay, well, there are times we lie. There are times that we can honestly uh, honestly say that we're not being truthful. Uh, for example, I, I give the example, if somebody comes up and asks you for you know, money, if they're like, oh, give me $20, you know, you're going to say no, or you're going to say, no, I don't have it. You're, you're, you're going to, in that moment, maybe not explain thoroughly why you're not going to give somebody $20, but you might instead say, no, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Well, it kind of lied a little bit if you think about it. You know, you maybe could help them. You maybe do have it. You know, now that doesn't mean, and I give that example because it's a little extreme, but it doesn't mean you're a liar. It doesn't mean that you're never honest. No, there are times where we're not truly enacting our values for for different reasons. And again, I'm not saying you're you're good or you're bad if you don't give people money when they ask it. It's just an example of we're not a hundred percent our values all the times, nor I do I think we have to be but they're things that we're striving towards and we're working on. And so giving ourselves that, that grace, that permission, that even if we're not fully enacting our values, there's still things that are a part of us and that we, we use as kind of a guidepost for continuing to move forward. Not a hundred percent. I love that concept. That is great, great concept. Because if you think about it <clears throat> as either a hundred percent or none, that's what it ends up being. Either I'm all that or I'm nothing of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's just a false dichotomy there. Exactly. going to be that way. Yeah. And then, yeah, if we're not those, if we don't connect with those values, then it goes back to the idea too, again, of self-esteem, like, well, who are we? What, what, what do we have? We're, 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 we're painting a picture of what we're not versus what we are. And all usually negative things where we're all these negative things versus being all these positive things. Yeah. Well, let's uh, take a quick break uh, and then we'll come back, continue this conversation. I am Dr. Alex Andrade with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saide Malakavsali is not with us today. Uh, this is Culture and Psychology. Continue to stay tuned and we'll be right back with you.
Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade here with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saide Malakavseli is not with us today, but she will be returning soon. And we hope that she's enjoying the day wherever she is. Today, we're talking about self-esteem, self-confidence, uh, which has led us to a lot of other places, as usually happens on the show, uh, also about self-worth and those ways to kind of reflect on what helps sustain our, our, our self in that way. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely something where I think this impacts people more and more that we are looking sometimes uh, more externally for those, uh, for that, that those proof or evidence of our worth and our value. And so it's something where I always encourage, uh, as we just talked about, it's important to have supports and people in your life who can accurately, honestly, compassionately reflect that back to you but we don't want to just go externally. We also need to do that work for ourselves. And so it's something where, you know, how do we reflect on our self-esteem, our, our self-confidence in regards to our skills and abilities? Uh, how do we, how do we keep nurturing that? How do we keep taking care of ourselves? I remember one time, this was probably 30 years ago, a friend of mine said th the topic of affirmations came up and she says, affirmations i tried those and you know what i found out they don't work affirmations don't work they didn't work for her obviously but what do you think about affirmations do you think affirmations work do you think they're helpful yeah a lot of times this idea of self-affirmations these things that we tell ourselves and, and i think they can be helpful to some degree and for certain people i think for some people it feels it feels false or it feels just uh, kind of uh, what's a good word? Just robotic in that way. Like I'm stating this thing and I'm supposed to believe it. And, and so we approach it in that way of just doing that, just saying it is supposed to give me something. We're looking at this as almost this transaction, like, okay, what am I getting from this? What am I getting from this? Am I getting anything? Uh, I'm a good person. No, no, didn't didn't really get anything. Why I don't I, feel good. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, didn't it didn't do it. Didn't work like it's supposed to, especially if we're doing it only once or twice and be like, yeah, didn't it didn't work. Uh, I think of it as a as a skill first and foremost, but one that has to be authentic. One that we're having a conversation with ourselves in regards to reflecting on what are those things that again it goes back to values. What are those things that we value about ourselves? But what are those things that we can say that we we try at? We, we, we strive for, that we push for. And so recognizing that that's important to me, and this is something that I can say is, is a unique quality of mine. It's something that I, I like about me in that way. So kind of giving ourselves that message of, yeah, I'm good at this, or yeah, I'm trying at this. Now, I know trying is a, a tricky word. I know we've talked on other uh, episodes about the difference between I will and trying, but I find when people's motivation or they struggle to, to even think about, you know, doing it even in the smallest step, I do like to say, you know, that's, that's how we get there. We try. Trying is how we get there sometimes. And so even that openness to trying, uh, I think, is an initial first step. But uh, yeah, I think uh, affirmations are, they can be helpful for some individuals, but just like most things, we got we to gotta explore it. We got to practice it a bit. So is it the case that a, you, I think you just said a value, our values are things that we value about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So a value is reminding myself of something already in me and is an affirmation in your mind is an affirmation, something that I want to become that I'm not already, or is it a reminder of something I am? I think it's what? a reminder. I think of always a reminder. If we think of about affirming something, even as I motion my hands, it's like it's, it's strengthening something, something that's there, something that exists. Uh, it can be affirming something that we're trying or building in that way. So I think that's a possibility. Like I'm new at this and I'm practicing and I'm growing in my comfort and ability with this. So I think we can affirm in that way too. Uh, so it could be something that is or something that is developing. Do you think, uh, do you believe in affirmations? Do you think they're helpful, Daniel? What's your take? I think that self-talk is critical, critically important, and it happens negatively and positively. And if it has an effect negatively, like what we're talking about, then it also would have an effect positively in the way we're talking about. I know how I became aware of some of the negative self-talk in my head. I, I will still remember this. This was playing golf. You know, we did these golf segments, but playing golf 
probably 25 years ago over at the Ansel Hoffman golf course. And I remember teeing off as a foursome. I may have told this story before, but I was the fourth one to tee off and the everybody hit their ball and I hit mine. And as I'm we're walking to the tee, I just felt so rotten. And I became aware in that moment of, it was like I had heard the thoughts that were going on in my head. And those thoughts were, you always hit the shortest of all of these guys. This is why you hate the game. You know, it was that. And it was really negative stuff. You always hit the shortest. You're not good at this. This is why you hate playing. And I I was like, whoa, what's going on here? That can't be positive. It isn't positive. It can't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see how that can be positive. Yeah, yeah it's not positive. And yeah. so, so that is going in the negative ways. Mm-hmm. And I believe that affirmations are moving things in the positive way and repeating those. And those things, whether it goes negative or whether it goes positive, those things do soak into us. Yeah. Yeah. And things are soaking into us even all the time, even we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I worked at a corporation some 30 years ago, one of several in Dallas. And as when I, I had gone to study Russian and when I came back for that, they didn't have my job waiting there for me. And they said, well, you can come back full time or not at all. And I had, that was when I started graduate school. So I couldn't go back full-time. But I remember talking to this new manager and saying, wait a minute, what about all of these things that I heard in our corporate communications that there, we always have a job for you. You can do whatever, you know, we have, we'll help you look for another place in this corporation to work. And that was when I realized also up to that point, I would have said to myself, that's like a lot of corporate propaganda and that's bogus. But I was really let down that that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And what I came away from that is, you know what, even those slogans or whatever that seem as propaganda, those soak into people. Oh, sure. Those soak into our minds and yeah. soak into my mind. So stuff coming from the outside soaks in and stuff that's generated internally goes even deeper in probably. Both of those things are important, whether it's positive things or negative things. And that's what I was thinking too. And I think it builds on kind of what I was thinking in regards to the impact of negative talk or those negative affirmations where we think about it is so extreme, even the language that you use towards yourself, you know, always, never, hate. I mean, that's those are extreme ways of thinking and feeling. Yeah. And so what I find a lot of times because of that, and this is what I encourage people, those positive affirmations, they're, they're going to be weaker than the, the negative affirmations in the sense that that's why we need to say them more often. That's why we need to practice them more often. Cause it's like throwing pebbles up against this huge mountain and saying, I'm going to make an impact that that negativity is so strong and it has taken away so much you know, we don't do positive affirmations the same way. We don't say, I'm so great and everything is good and I'm, you know, amazing. No, we don't. We say, I'm okay or I'm trying, I'm getting better at it. It would you know? be immediately labeled as false. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yet when it's negative, you're always the shortest hitter here. Yep. It's not immediately rejected as false. Yeah. It's absorbed like, Ex- oh, yeah. Yep. It's fact is truth in that way. So again, that's why I always encourage too. This is why we don't just come to therapy once and say, okay, say these five, you know, affirmations and then everything is better. Um, Have a good life. No, this is why also too, if we say, Hey, this might be an exercise you practice. And again, I always say, maybe it isn't the strategy or technique that works best for you, but I always think of it as an arsenal of strategies, techniques that are all going to need to be practiced. They're going to need to be practiced repeated and explored in regards to how does that help you to improve, affirm your self-esteem, your self-confidence in that way. I would love if it was just, you know, do these five things, you know, uh, uh, once and your self-esteem is going to shoot through the roof. Uh, That would be great if we could do that. I, I jokingly say, 
If it was that simple to, to counter those, then one, we'd probably charge a lot more for one session. And it's like $10,000 for one session with Dr. Andrade. You're going to feel good for, you know, three years, you know? And so it's like, no, no, the work is having to keep practicing it, having to keep talking about it, keep exploring what are those strategies for you, whether the dynamics within your life that have maybe uh, led to the to growth, the development of some of that negativity. Uh, how is that perpetuated? Uh, I sound now like I'm marketing for psychology and why therapy is important. Uh, but I think there's a little truth. It's important. This is the work that we do. This is why, uh, why and how we help people sometimes. And that the question does do affirmations work is really kind of the wrong question. Hmm. That would be like saying, does a screwdriver work? Hmm. Well, a screwdriver works great for uh, putting screws into things. It doesn't do very good for sawing wood. <laughs> so it de- kind of depends on the task, but it also depends on the person. Do affirmations work? Sure, they work. <laughs> they don't work for every single person or they don't work for every single thing, but I think they're a valuable tool. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always encourage, I'd rather have those tools than not. And so like, let's explore and see which ones we can kind of cultivate for us. Maybe it's not one that speaks to us a lot now, maybe later on it will. And so, yeah, it's being able to recognize those tools have some value in of themselves. Maybe at this point for me, maybe at another point, I want to give you again, a lot of, a lot of techniques, a lot of strategies to, to help in that way. Oh, well, we are uh, at a break. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, Take a quick break. We'll come back. Daniel and I are going to brainstorm uh, some uh, last messages that we want to give to your listeners. Uh, hopefully at this point, you've got a couple of uh, things that have resonated with you. But yeah, we'll wrap it up with our, our final message to you. So again, this is Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Saide Malakavzali is not with us today. Stay tuned for the break. We'll be back in a moment. Sar 
Welcome back to Culture and Psychology. I'm Dr. Alex Andrade with Dr. Daniel Rockers. We are longing and missing for Dr. Saide Malakov Sali. Uh, she is definitely the driving force to the show. I, I always try to embody her when I'm introducing and uh, kind of hosting the show, if you will. Uh, channeling, I, think, channeling. I, I am, I am. Uh, she definitely is something that I strive to be in this role uh, on this show. Definitely. So today we've been talking about self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation, Daniel. I think it's something too, where in talking about this, we hope listeners take something from it. Uh, but yeah, I, I always say jokingly, but I mean it seriously, you know, even for myself talking about these things out loud, it uh, kind of reminds us like, hey, wait, hold on. How am I treating myself? What am I uh, kind of doing for, for myself, both now and even in the past in that way, so that I can be better and grow? And so, uh, yeah, I always appreciate these conversations. And uh, yeah, want to leave the listeners with some messages uh, that can maybe help them to continue to reflect on how they manage and navigate their own self-esteem, self-confidence. Are we moving into that phase right now? We are moving into that phase, Daniel. And uh, I'd ask you to go first, if you don't mind. I will jump right in. I'm reminded of a quote I read a long time ago from John Rockefeller. And he said, with every possession comes a responsibility. And he was talking about, I think, material things, probably. But I'm thinking psychologically, with every possession, this is the me that I have, the physical me, but also the psychological me, my identity. And that as a possession, is a, there's a responsibility. And the responsibility in my mind is to grow it and build it like what we talked about with the house metaphor. You wanna keep it in good shape, keep yourself in good shape. So the responsibility is to be kind to yourself and support yourself and support, surround yourself with supportive people. Great message, Daniel. Yeah, I similarly too think of that and the importance and the value of validation, acknowledgement. I think as people, we need to be seen. Uh, we're social creatures. You know, we can't exist in isolation. And the importance of people who are supportive and nurturing us, uh, nurturing of us. But I, I also firmly believe that that's something we need to build and cultivate for ourselves too. We need to be our biggest advocate. We need to recognize our strengths, the things that we're trying for. Yes, there are difficulties. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are things that we're not perfect at, but we don't need to be a perfect person in order to be a good person. There can be things that we're striving to improve, to increase. And so trying to give that compassion to ourselves that there's, there's growth, there's continuous growth. I, I jokingly say, I have never met a done person yet we're all growing, we're all evolving. There's not an end point to this. And so our self-esteem, our self-confidence, our self-worth, they should always be moving forward in some ways and recognizing those things that undermined it so that we can uh, kind of reduce those things, uh, eliminate those things, make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Well, thank you again for listening to Culture and Psychology. Uh, this has been a fun episode. Uh, we definitely, Daniel and I, miss Dr. Saide Malakavzali. She will be with us next week. Uh, continue to listen. Uh, we encourage listeners to also check out our website, uh, www.thetavana.com, T-H-E-T-A-V-A-N-A.com. Uh, reach out. If you like what we said, uh, if you're interested in hearing more about this, uh, we always love uh, feedback from listeners in that way. Uh, so definitely continue to listen and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll be back with you soon. Take care. Mm -hmm.